We welcome you this morning to the Lord's house. We're going to we're continuing to talk about the glory of the Lord. And today, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter number 10. We're going to continue. And today I want to talk about the glory of the Lord in your house. We've talked about the glory of the Lord in the Lord's house. We talked last week how that Solomon built the temple. He got everything in order. And then they prayed. They dedicated the temple. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. I'm telling you, corporately, when the glory of the Lord comes, everyone uh, benefits. Everyone experiences the grace and the love and the mercy and the miracles that God does in the house. And we're all blessed because of it. But today, I want to talk to you about three things that will bring the glory of the Lord into your house. Because you can come and experience the glory of the Lord here and go home and it not be there. You can experience heaven in the Lord's house and hell in your house. That's not what we want. I mean, we want the glory of the Lord to be wherever we're at because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And wherever we go, we want the glory of the Lord to be there with us. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so we're going to talk about today uh, the three things that will bring the glory of the Lord into your house. And so we're going to read here in in Acts uh, chapter number 10. And uh, we're going to talk about today a man named Cornelius. And uh, I just want to point out some things to you. This is a long chapter, and I'm not sure exactly how much I'll read, but I want to read a little bit to you. Uh, But I want us to lay a foundation uh, here out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse number 12. It says, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, how many knows what a rope is made out of? It's not one solid string. It's a bunch of little strings woven together to make a bigger string. And then those strings are woven together to make a rope. And the more strings you weave together, the stronger it is. You can have a little rope to hold little things. And if you've ever seen a, been on a ship or been around a ship, you can see they've got some big ropes that hold that ship. But all it is is a bunch of little strings. So together, the Bible says, one may prevail against you, but two can stand strong. And three, fold cord is not easily broken. That's why it's important that we come together in unity. It's why it's important that husband and wife be in unity. It's why it's important that a church be in unity. Because by ourselves we may not be able to be strong enough to overcome, but together we stand strong. So a threefold cord. I'm going to talk about three things today that will help bring the glory of the Lord into your house. So let's start reading in uh, Acts chapter 10. Verse number 1. And there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, that wasn't like a rock band or nothing. The Italian band. I don't think they played instruments or nothing like that. Different kind of band. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the people 
and prayed to God always. And he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? Everybody say, What is it, Lord? Don't you want to know what it is? Don't you want to know what it is in your life? What does God want to do in your life? What does God want to say in your life? What does God want to do in your family? Well, listen, if you want to get have a divine encounter with God, there's some things you've got to do. And the first thing it said, that he was a man of prayer. He was a devout man. He was faithful. Are you faithful in prayer? Are you faithful in your family? Are you faithful to church? Are you faithful on your job? Or do, do you do what's right? He was a devout man and a man of prayer. And he was a man of giving. He gave much alms, the Bible says. And so he was doing these things. So you have to remember, he was a Gentile. Jesus had came to the Jews. Many rejected him. They crucified him. Now he has been crucified. He has risen from the dead. And now the disciples are going out and preaching. And many Jews are being saved. But here's a man that's not a Jew. He's a centurion. But he is a devout man. He loves God. In his limited knowledge of God and what he's heard and what he knows, he does what's right and he gives to those in need. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. And he gets afraid. And he said, hey, whoa, 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 what is it? And here's what the angel said. Listen to what the angel said. And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now let me ask you a question. How much prayer and how much memorial, how much alms do you have going up before God? Are you praying enough and giving enough to get God's attention? Are you honoring God enough to get God's attention, enough for Him to send an angel to tell you, I got something big in store for you. He said, what is it? And the angel said, your prayer and your giving has come up as a memorial before God. And here's what he told him to do. I was going to read this whole chapter, but I'll just tell you the story real quick. Here's what he said. I want you to send to go, go, go get Peter. Peter is at a man's house named Simon, Simon the Tanner. He lives by the seaside. And you find a man named Peter, tell him to come. He's got something to tell you. So the next day, he sends some guys to go get Peter. Well, Peter, the Bible says, goes up on the rooftop to pray. Aren't you glad? Somebody's praying. 
See, prayer changes things. God answers prayer. It's in prayer that you get revelation. It's in prayer that God speaks to you. And so Peter goes up to the housetop and he begins to pray. And the Bible said he gets hungry. And he would have ate, but he fell into a trance. And while he's in this trance, he sees a sheet let down from heaven. And it has all kind of four-footed beasts and fowls and all the things that the Jews call unclean. That according to the law, they said you cannot eat. And God spoke and said, Peter, arise and eat. And Peter said, uh-uh, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. And I'm not about to start today. I'm hungry, but I'm not that hungry. Sheet was taken up into heaven, and it came back down again. Three times he saw this vision, and then the Lord said, What I have called clean, don't you call unclean. What you call common, I, I, I call special. If I've called it clean, if I've called it blessed, don't, don't, don't you call it otherwise. And Peter, he woke up from that dream going, That's crazy. I don't even understand that dream. That makes no sense. Anybody ever had a dream you didn't understand? That makes no sense at all. I'm not about to eat no unclean. I mean, he wasn't fixed to, he didn't leave the rooftop and go fry up some bacon. That was a no-no. But he had in his heart that God said, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. And Peter's like, I wonder about that. Well, all of a sudden, while Peter's thinking on it, a knock comes on the door. And these two guys say, is there a guy named Peter here? And they say, hey, Peter, you got company. Peter comes down and they say, hey, we're, 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 we're servants of a man named Cornelius. He's a devout man. He's well known among the Jews. And uh, while he was praying, the angel spoke to him and said, come get you. You have something to tell us. Now, a few minutes earlier, if Peter had been invited to a Gentile's house, he'd have said, uh-uh. They don't have nothing to do with one another. That's some serious prejudice going on right there. All of a sudden, the dream starts making sense. And he's like, okay, Lord, I'll go. And he goes, and he finds Cornelius in his house. But Cornelius is not just there. He's invited all of his family and all of his friends. And he's got a whole congregation there. And Peter walks in, and he falls down before him. And Peter says, no, 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 get up. I'm just a man like you. What's going on? And I want you to look at what Cornelius tells him in verse 30. And Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting. Everybody say fasting. Now what was the first thing he did? Prayed. He was a man of prayer. Now then we find out that he's also fasting. You see, fasting is a powerful tool. Amen. It doesn't, fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes you. Fasting turns the volume of life down and opens your ears so you can hear what the Lord is saying to you. When you deny your flesh, your spirit is more in tune. And so Cornelius said, I was fasting four days ago. I was praying. And look what he said. 
I was fasting until this hour. At the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. And thine alms are in remembrance in the sight of God. Peter's like, wow. Cornelius said, Peter, the angel told me to come get you. You had something to tell us. And Peter said, I don't know nothing to tell you except what I know. And all I know is about a man named Jesus. And he came from the Father. And he came and he did many miracles among us. And we followed him. And he showed us signs and wonders and miracles. And he was the Son of God. And they killed him. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. And he went away. And he said, I'm coming again in like manner. And the Bible says, while Peter spake, amen, the Holy Ghost fell in that house. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And begin to speak in other tongues. What in the world has that got to do with anything? Well, after Jesus rose from the dead, he told his disciples, go to Jerusalem and tarry. It was 50 days after Passover. Pente. Well, it's called Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one mind and one accord, and they were there in the upper room. And suddenly there appeared, there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven or split tongues of fire. And it set up on each of them, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And all of those tongues were different dialects and languages of all the people that were gathered there and they all heard them praising God and declaring the gospel and 3,000 got saved that day. It was the promise of the Father. Jesus said, When I leave, I will send you the promise of the Father and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. So they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues. And now then, they're going and telling these Gentiles, amen, which... They didn't know that Jesus came for or died for. But now Jesus showed Peter what I call clean. Don't you call unclean. And now then Peter declares Jesus unto them. They believe and the Holy Ghost falls on them and they're filled. And Peter all of a sudden realizes God is no respecter of persons Jew, Gentile, Greek man, woman any color, any creed, any national God, amen, loves everybody and if God poured out the Spirit on them just like He did on us, how can we deny them to be baptized and they all went out and got baptized and God changed Cornelius' family that day, changed his heritage changed his future changed the future of his children all because of three things Cornelius was a man of prayer, fasting, and giving. Those are three things that will bring the glory of the Lord to your house. It's what brings the glory of the Lord into this house. It's why we've been fasting, and we've been praying, and we've been giving. 
You see, your giving has gone up before the Lord as a memorial. Your prayers rise up before God as incense. And He sees your fasting and you're denying yourself. You're emptying yourself out of the flesh to make room to be filled with the Spirit. Can I get a big amen? Let's look at three things, those three things here real quickly. Prayer. Matthew 21, 22, the Bible says, In all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Prayer is important. He, Jesus, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, pray after this manner. Here's the deal. We, you can recite the Lord's prayer and it not do nothing for you. The Lord's prayer is not magical. It's the ingredients of the Lord's prayer that's important. Pray after this manner. And it starts out, our Father which art in heaven. Over, I point over here because all, we, have a, we have prayer stations. If you walk around at these beams and this whole side is the Lord's prayer. This side honors God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You should start all of your prayers giving God glory. Honoring God for who he is. Amen? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Your prayer needs to say, Lord, it's more about what you want than about what I want. Forgive us this day. It's repentance. Last week we heard uh, that, 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 that we needed to repent. That was the word that the Lord spoke uh, to, to, to uh, uh, Sir Leah during prayer. Then this last week, one of the other ladies had a vision and she saw the earth covered in darkness. And, and the scripture came to her. They said, the earth is covered in darkness, but his glory. It's his glory that breaks the darkness. It's his glory that shines the light through. And so we've got to repent and, and get things right. And then we ask for our daily bread. Lord, it's okay to pray for our needs, but we shouldn't start out with that. And then we, 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 we ask, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our endeavors. Uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Back at the very back, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We give all glory and honor back to God. All of your prayers should have those ingredients. You don't have to necessarily say those direct words, but it needs to have that ingredient. And if you'll pray like that, believing, then whatsoever things you pray... It says, you shall receive. How many want some answers to your prayer? Start praying that way. John 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Now, are you praying for each other? Are you praying for your family? Are you praying for your spouse? Are you praying for your children? Come on, let, 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 let's pray one for another. Let's don't just pray for ourselves. Here's the deal. If you'll learn to pray for other people, you, you always have other people praying for you. Amen? It's important. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What's that mean? It means it works. Prayer works. But the key is, is that we pray right, that we pray out of a righteous heart, and we believe. And then the, the, the second one was fasting. How do we fast? Joel said uh, in chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, 
and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart, not your garment. See, in the Old Testament, when they prayed and fasted, uh, when, when something was wrong, they would rip off all of their clothes, sit down in a pile of ashes, dump it on their head, and they would look all sad, and they would sit there and mourn, and everybody would come by, oh, what's wrong? They're so, you know, and that was an outward show. But God said, I'm looking, I'm not looking for an outward show. He said, when we fast, wash your face, don't appear unto men unto fast, so that God who sees in secretly will reward you openly. He said, I'm not looking for you to rend your garments. I'm looking at you to rend your heart. So through fasting, we're crucifying our flesh. We're saying, Lord, reveal to me what's in my heart. Help me repent. Help me, uh, uh, help me to, to mourn, to be sorry for my sins. Help me get right with God, to rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful and slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repent of him of the evil. He said, when you fast, come to God, weep, cry, mourn, rend your heart, repent of your sins, and realize that God's gracious, he's merciful, and repent of all the evil we've done. Amen? That's what we've been doing this week. Mark chapter 9, 29 says, and he said unto them, this kind, comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. What happened? Uh, a man brought his son to, to the disciples. He was tormented by a devil, deaf and dumb spirit. The disciples prayed for him. Nothing happened. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus rebuked it, cast it out. And the disciples secretly came to Jesus and said, Hey, why couldn't we do that? Because Jesus had already given them authority and they had already been going out and, and, and casting out devils and healing the sick. They had the authority. Jesus gave it to them and then he gave it to us. But just like them, we've got to realize, gee, they, they said, hey, Jesus, well, we, 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 we tried. We couldn't cast that one out. And Jesus said, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. There's some things that's gonna, that are a little tougher than others. There's some things that have a greater stronghold. And you've got to make some sacrifices to see the hand of God move. You've got to make some sacrifices. You've got to get yourself in a position where your faith, amen, is... As I said earlier, fasting doesn't do anything for God. He is just as strong and powerful and loves you just as much. What it does, it helps you realize the power that God has. And it gives you more confidence in yourself and in your prayer. And so he said, this kind, it just comes out through prayer and fasting. You know, it's amazing to me. A lot of, if you read a lot of other translations, it changes that. It takes fasting out. It'll just say prayer. And that breaks my heart. Because I'm telling you, there's something powerful. People nowadays, they say, why, why would I fast? That's, 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 that's so Old Testament. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus, I mean, Jesus did it. Anybody want to be like Jesus? He fasted 40 days and nights. Anybody still want to be like Jesus? <laughs> My daddy fasted 40 days and nights with nothing but water 10 times in his life. And the 11th time, he fasted 43 days. So, it's possible. During that one of those times, he went to the doctor. And the doctor said, do you have a problem eating? Daddy said, oh no, I love to eat. The doctor said, well, my test must be wrong. Because my test shows you're on the verge of starvation. Dad said, oh, I love to eat. And he did love to eat. I, I, you know, when you fast a little bit, you understand. You appreciate food in a whole nother way. 
So it's possible. But we see, we see lots of fastings in the Bible. One meal, three days, seven days, 14 days, 21 days. We're on a 21-day, not a total fast, just a set fast of particular things. And then Jesus fasted 40 days and nights. But fasting, he said, it was always, is, is just meant, it, it, it just quiets down our flesh so we can hear God better. Amen? Last one I'll, I'll mention to you. We talked about this, all the different things during a fast. Of course, no alcohol, no sexual relations. And that's what this says here in 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Defraud, defraud, you talking about talking to husbands and wives. Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistency. And so that, that marriage relationship, because the Bible says, he says, well, you fasted, but in the, in, in the time you fasted, you took pleasure. This is not the fast I've called. This is a time to, to, to really focus on God and, and not about fleshly desires. And so, I, I, you know what, that's the hardest one. I, we, I, I can give up food, that's no big deal, but it's much harder to give up Miss Amy. That's, that's much harder. But you know what? It's a, but you know what? It's for a purpose. And we, she, we talked about this yesterday. Such a lonely time. You feel lonely. You feel but because you're more focused on God and prayer and different things. And you, you, you miss that, that relationship as husband and wife. But you know what? It, but what? The Bible says come together quickly that you be not tempted. And you know what? It just it, it brings a greater closeness when you because now you've got a closeness in the spirit and a closeness, closeness in the body. Amen? That's for some of you husbands and wives there. Last one, giving. What does giving have to do with anything? All through Scripture, we understand tithing, giving God 10%, predates the law. Genesis chapter 14, verse 20, Melchizedek. King of Salem came out when Abram had won a great battle and had all this stuff. And the Bible says that he paid tithe of all. And he said, oh no, you can just give me this or that. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm giving, I'm giving it all because I don't want anybody to say that you blessed me. I want it to be said that God blessed me. So we have tithing starting here in Genesis with Abram. Comes on up into Leviticus, we see the tithe. The Bible says, Leviticus 27 30, for all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. <laughs> I'm fixing to read you a scripture that nobody ever preaches on. I don't know that I've ever preached on it. Brother Tim mentioned it to me Wednesday night, and I went and looked it up. And if a man will at all redeem all of his tithe. What does that mean? If you borrow your tithe, if you borrow God's part to do something else with it. Oh, pastor, I got a bill that's due. I can't afford to pay my tithe. I'm going to use my tithe to pay that bill. Well, guess what? Here's what the Bible says. He shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. What's that? 
You don't ever hear that preached. If you use the tithe for something else, now you don't only owe the tithe, you owe an additional 20% on top of the tithe as a penalty to God. That don't get a lot of amens for some reason. <laughs> only I, one, one time in my life I didn't pay my tithe. We grew up in a home that was a tither. I mean, we saw, we saw mom and daddy. They didn't make a lot of money, and they always had money. And they all had, people was always giving them stuff. Because one of, those, one of those times when daddy was fasting, he gave everything away. Every bit of furniture. Every, Paul and Jill, I don't remember, I was a baby. But he, they had to give all their toys. He let them keep one or a couple of something. He gave everything in the house away. Emptied the entire house and gave it away. And bef- Huh? Oh, yeah, in the house. He gave several houses away to the church to build things. And uh, then at, before they died, you could walk through the house and look in everything in there. Somebody gave them that, somebody gave them that, somebody gave them that, somebody gave them that. I mean, things just came. And you know what? When everybody else that made a lot of more money was broke, they always had money. It's like, how in the world? Because the favor of God. Because they paid tithes. And they taught us that. And so we paid tithes. One time, I decided I wasn't going to pay my tithe. I needed to do something else. And so I did something else. And I got a ticket. cost me double what my tithe was going to be. I never missed another one. Why? Because I want to be blessed of God. And so, and I don't want to have to pay extra 20%. (laughs) Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings. You are cursed with a curse because you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. See, y'all wonder all the time, why, why do we pray in that prayer? Lord, the tithe is yours. Let's hold it to you. I, I'm believing. That's the, we're praying the word of God. We're, we're declaring to God, God, this is tithe is yours. What he said, it's mine, it's holy. A tenth is mine. Listen, aren't you glad God didn't ask for 20 or 30 or 50? He could have. It's all his. But he he only asked for 10%. And so that there would be meat in his house. So that the ministry could go and could be a blessing to people. That's how it was set up. And so he said, but you've robbed me. And they said, how have we robbed you? He said, because in your tithe and offerings. And because of it, you're cursed with a curse. Now, he said, if you'll pay your tithe, I'll pour out a blessing. There won't be room enough to contain it. Look, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast your fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. All nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. So the Lord said, if you honor me, if you pay your tithe, then I'll bless the 90%. And 
90% will go further than 100%. But if you take what's mine, then I'll curse it, and it won't go near as far as it should. And you'll constantly be having trouble. The Bible says if you don't pay your tithe, it's like putting money in a pocket with, with a hole in it. Anybody ever put money in a pocket with a hole in it and went to go get it, and all of a sudden, it's gone? You lose it? I, I, I hate that feeling. Of losing money. But that's what happens. And it happens in so many ways. It happens in health. It, it happens. He talked about crops. But nowadays we're not all farmers back then. But now it comes in health. It comes in business. It comes in your car breaking down. It comes in water heaters and air conditioners. And every kind of way. When, you're, when you don't honor God. Your stuff is not blessed. And it will break more often than when it is. Now. It never fails. Every time. Uh, I get some extra money, and you're like, woohoo, extra money. And then something happens. And you're like, uh, and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Thank you, Lord. You knew that was going to break before I did, and so you provided the extra money ahead of time, and now I can take it. See, God takes care of it. But if it's cursed, it just breaks, and now you're up a creek. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be up that creek. There's no good fishing up there. Last one. Matthew, Mark chapter 12. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which maketh a farthing, maybe a penny. And he called unto his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, This poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast in the treasury. For they all cast out of their abundance, but she out of her want did cast in all that she had, even all of her living. Jesus sat and watched them take the offering and he watched what people gave. And then he saw this little woman and he said, she gave more than everybody. And they said, she just put in a penny. You see, God's not looking at the amount. He's looking at the percentage. God requires a tenth, a tithe. And then over above that, the, the alms for the poor. And what, whatever you do with your 90%, if you choose to give more, if you choose to, 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 to somebody on the side of the road to give them $5 or whatever, all that's out of yours. That's not out of the tithe. The tithe belongs to the storehouse. Everything else is an offering. And out of what you give out of offerings determines if you're 90%. The 10% is already his. You're just even with God. That'd be like you calling up to the bank and going, Hey! Congratulate me on paying my house payment. And they're like, what? Congratulate you? You owed it. <laughs> That's our money. But yet we pay our tithe and, and want God to jump up and down to pat us on the head. And you, you just paid God what you owed. Amen? Listen, y'all know I talk about money very little. We talk about tithe a couple times a year. And that's about it. So this is the day. This is the day I'm fixing to read the 2018 financial report. 
tell you where we're at. So, Jesus said, out of her, y'all cast in out of your abundance, but she cast out of her want. Um, so, the, the, so, let's just talk about that real quickly. Um, the three things that'll bring, bring the glory to your house. You see, my goal and my thing as a pastor, why, why do we teach you these things? Why do we teach you? Because I want you blessed. I want your marriage blessed. I want your children blessed. I want your finances blessed. I want your health blessed. And, and I, you can't, you can't, I cannot, if I don't do my job, if I don't teach you what the Word of God says, I don't want to stand before God and be accountable for God to say, you didn't teach them. Thank you so much today for your favor, for your blessing. Thank you so much for your, your love. Thank you so much for your people. Thank you, Lord, for their jobs, for their uh, blessings, for their, uh, just, just their faithfulness. And I thank you, Lord, every person, the 155 that gave, Lord, we appreciate every bit of it. But, Lord, I just pray that each family, each person would look at their, their, their givings and say, did I honor God with my tithe? And what can I do to be more a part of the church? How can I help us move forward? How can I help us be a blessing to our community? And Lord, all you ask is for each one to do their part. So I just thank you, Lord, as you just let your love wrap around people. Lord, don't, no, Satan, I rebuke you, will not bring condemnation. But Lord, help us bring realization. Just a reality of did I do my part or did I not? And if I didn't, help me to do better. Help me to step up and do what God has asked me to do. And so for that, I thank you. Thank you for our prayer. Thank you for our fasting. And thank you for our giving. Thank you for blessing the Lord's house in 2018. And now we declare your favor on the house in 2019. And everybody said a big amen. Amen!